in a dark world filled with deceit. One united voice is crying out. Revealing the truth of God's word. It's time to expose the hidden truth. And unravel the lies. While we're living in Satan's little season. With Sister Crystal and Brother Phil. Welcome to Living in Satan's Little Season show. We're your hosts. Sister Crystal. Brother Phil. Topic today, the Christmas controversy. The idea behind this one is there's been a lot of controversy and it's really exploded in recent years, I would have to say. About this idea that, oh, should you celebrate Christmas cr- Christmas as a Christian? Or should you refrain it being a pagan holiday with pagan origins, etc.? We, we understand how that all works. Well, yeah, well, there's a conflict there because people don't want to give any room for Satan or evil things to fester and take away from the real meaning. It's the real meaning of the Jesus is the reason for the season. The idea that it's not about all these other fluff pieces and getting so much off on Black Friday or buying or getting the best gift that you can give your loved one. It's He is the gift that we've all were given. And the point of his life is so that we can live for God and for him. And how do you conduct yourself? Well, the way the Bible talks about and what is it really about? It's not about other things that we'll go into, the cloud, the whole beautiful celebration it's become quite the controversy controversy over the past few years i've noticed few uh, decades especially it seemed like it was no problem 20 30 years ago and now you know you see these people come up every christmas holiday season if you want to celebrate the holiday i believe there's liberty in christ to celebrate it and there's liberty in christ if you don't want to celebrate it so today we're going to read the passage scripture that kind of goes along with the holiday here this Christmas holiday, and I'm going to kind of explain some of the traditions that we do in the world as a result of this holiday. And so we're going to read Matthew chapter 2, and this is, you know, there's of course the passage of scripture primarily in Matthew 2, and then Luke chapter 1 and 2. And we're not going to read the one in Luke, which is about his real birth and him running from Herod and all that stuff. Here we're going to go into Matthew chapter 2 talk about the wise men. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. And all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd 
my people Israel. The great thing about this passage of scripture is that these prophecies, and this is one thing about our show that we talk a lot about. It. We talk a lot about prophecies on this show. Yeah. Prophecies matter. They really do. We wouldn't talk about prophecies if they didn't matter, but they do matter. And we're seeing here in this Christmas story how much they matter and how accurate, right. actually, believe it or not, these prophecies can be. Right. Understood properly. And apparently it looks like the chief priests and scribes, they kind of knew their stuff. Unlike today, where you have all this controversy going on about end times prophecy and people don't know what's going on, they were pretty unified in understanding when the Christ was to be born. They kind of had an idea of when, generally when it was going to happen based on Daniel's prophecy. Right. And here, they knew exactly when, where he was to, was to be born, in Bethlehem. Mm -hmm. Prophecies in the Bible really make a difference. Of course, these wise men show up. They were tracking the, mm. the stars. Celestial. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One of the things you learn in Genesis about the stars, it's one of the reasons for stars is to track seasons and stuff like that. Right. I guess it was apparent based on the astrological evidence that they had that there was something going on here. That's why they came. Well, and, and stars in the study of that as formation and the seasons changing, there, it's a pretty interesting concept. And the the North Star that doesn't really move and everything. It's just it's a beautiful um, way. But the the fact that God had them, um, were, they were learning the hit, the symbolism of the stars and that they the star was going to be that they could follow where the Christ child was. Yeah, you notice what they said here. We've seen his star right. in the east. Yeah, they they recognized right <laughs> off that this was the star of the Christ person this is why this is kind of a mind blower here because a lot of times we don't we read these stories we don't realize oh wait a minute now they were tracking this star mm -hmm. and they knew somehow mm -hmm. i don't know how they knew this that this was the star to christ by combining the information see they had part of the information here figuring out mm -hmm. oh the christ showed up now when they went of course to hit the homeland they needed more information and of course they got that information from biblical prophecy right right Right. Where he was to be born. Right. And so that's exactly where th the wise men here went. See, see, so if you combine all this information of what's going on, you get a full picture. Well, and it was also called the city of David, because that's where David was raised born. or born. Yeah, yeah, he was born there, uh, but you'll call, of course, Jerusalem's also called the city of David. And that's so, true, because that was the city where he reigned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, both cities, Jerusalem and Bethlehem, are both called the city of David. So, mm -hmm. in the in scriptures. But anyway. Right. So anyway, the point is, is that they knew exactly where he was born, and that's exactly the right place he was born. They, you know, they had it right. So by combining this knowledge of the the stars and the biblical prophecies, they got a complete picture of what was going on here. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, "Go and search carefully for the young child." And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, 
they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. You know, there's a lot of stuff that happens here and I could go into. You know, you can give a whole message on this. And the whole point is I'm just trying to read how the, the important things that might go into what we're talking about on our right. show here. You know, Herod wanted to figure out exactly the exact time that that star appeared because he was trying to figure out how old that kid would, what that child was going to be. Mm-hmm. So, that, Because he, his plan, of course, was always kill them all. You know? Right. Kill, we're going to kill all the kids that are that age because we, I don't, I, he didn't want any competitors to the throne. Right. The point is, is Jesus was a king of kings, lord, lords, and he didn't understand all that. Even though Herod was a king, the one that was born... Men, not the king of he, Jesus was king of kings. Right. But, of course, they went and they went to the town and I guess they were the star was still tracking until they got to the, the, the right area and they got to the house. Now... See, at this time, they weren't they were in no manger no more. They, no, they were it, living in yes. a house by this time. Okay? That's, that's the other misnomer is that, of course, it's always the the manger scene, and it's Mary and Joseph right. in the little manger or in the, the stable, and then the manger, Jesus in the manger, and then, of course, you have some animals, and then you have the three wise men and a shepherd or so, and they're at the stable. Well, this clearly states that they were in a house. Right. Well, I, you know, originally when the shepherds came, they right. were at the they were at the manger. At the okay? stable. That was the first, the one night that he was actually born. Right. And then, of course, this is you know who knows how long this is later mm-hmm. that the wise men show up. But by this time, obviously, they'd gotten out of the. Um, but they were still in Bethlehem. That was not their hometown. Right. So I don't know how long they were there, but they obviously went to Jerusalem in six days. Eight days. Eight days later to get him circumcised right. and came back. So there's a number of things that happened here during this time. Of course, Jerusalem was, I don't, we, it's hard to know how exactly how far it was from where they were at, but right. they went to Jerusalem and came back and they were staying at this town, probably in, in, in a house somewhere right. while they're her recovery. Right. It could, it could have been up to three months. I mean, usually, you know, women in our country here, we do a postpartum. It's like a six week thing. And it, that could have been something to that degree. But but they also had to flee. This is exactly what happens next. We're not going to read that part of the right. story because, you know, we could spend the whole day on this. I just want to just bring up the Christmas story here. Just I, the idea that, okay, they gave gifts here, gold, frankincense, myrrh. And that's kind right. of what we do during our Christmas season. That's the point of why we give Christmas gifts. We're sort of mimicking what Christ, what happened with Christ when he was born. Right. That, you know, people, the wise men gave him gifts. And actually, this might have actually saved his life. Because, you know, of course, the money they got from the gold, frankincense, myrrh, they might have sold it in order to, to flee to Egypt, you know, to right. get out of there. Right. Because remember, they were divinely warmed in a dream, at least the wise men were, you know, hey, don't return to Herod. He's he's, he's bad news. Go in a different way, and that's what they did. They went to their back to their country. Well, they had another going, highway they got yeah. to travel because they didn't go back the same way. Yeah. So, a lot of things happening here, but I just wanted to bring this story up because there's a lot of similarities between why we celebrate Christmas in the way that we do. Right. And that's why we give gifts and all that. And it's not. I don't. Some people can go really far and say that's kind of sinful because you're giving into the the season and you know so much paganism and all of that and that's not really when jesus was born and all these things we get it but it's kind of for some people it's an honoring of recognizing 
that Jesus was born, that this is an event that took place because for him to die for our sins and die for us on the cross, he had to be born. And all the things that are integral part of that, we can be grateful for all of those details. Well, we're going to go into understanding this idea of liberty in Christ. Because whether you want to celebrate the holiday, that's up to you. Mm-hmm. If you feel convicted in your heart, and that's, I hate to say this, this is the way it is for everything. There's things in life that you could do that you have liberty in Christ to do. And I've, I've even talked a lot about that. Right. I, the, the part of this show is I, I'm just bringing up things that, hey, you know, you know, this is something to think about here. You, you could believe it or not. I don't care. You just I'm just I'm just bringing things up. If you want to follow them, if you want to do something with them, if you feel convicted by the Holy Spirit to do whatever, you can. We have liberty in Christ to either you know believe and follow certain things or not. The problem is, is so many churches want to limit our liberty in Christ, and this is becoming a very very strong trend. Well, and you know that's sad because there is a lot of freedom in Christ, and that freedom does not have to be forced on you to do it a certain way. You know, if anyone is, is is influencing you to do something that you don't feel comfortable doing, you know, first of all, you have you can pray and ask God to give you peace about what you should do, what your options are, what the should you worship and um, celebrate Christmas, worship Jesus and his birth the way um other people do. You know, there's ways of doing it that are really more ceremonial of gratitude and celebrating who he was and what he did because he was born. We're going to go into some examples in our Bibles about this idea of liberty in Christ, how it, you know, even then, even in Paul's day, even in the biblical days, it was being abused and used. Mm-hmm. Both, both. you know, we can use liberty in Christ or we can abuse it. Mm-hmm. And this is what happened. Like, for instance, we're going to read a passage of scripture in Galatians here. Now, what was happening in Galatia was a whole different ball game. There were, be, there were a bunch of Jewish Christians that were coming in, going, "Oh, you know, you got to, you got to, got to get everybody circumcised." You know, that was that was their Christmas, you know, <laughs> of controversy during that time. Is every Christian's got to get circumcised if you want to be a Christian? Because that was what a lot of the Jew, the Jewish people were telling the the Gentile believers they had to do in order to be saved. Right. Paul has to address this, and you want to go ahead and read Galatians chapter 2, verse 4, because Titus um, was being compelled to, and this is Titus, that you know, he actually has an epistle in the Bible. Right. Paul wrote a letter to this guy. So, I mean, <laughs> that he was getting compelled by the brethren here in Galatia to be circumcised. And so you want to read that? And this occurred because a false brethren secretly brought in who came in by stealth to spy out liberty which we have in Christ Jesus that they might bring us into bondage so they were trying to compel them and you know say hey you got to do all this this is this all these rules and what it is is you know this is a way to spy out our liberty in Christ and to put us into bondage see that's what a lot of times all the focusing on all this stuff does it puts us into bondage i don't want to put anybody into bondage mm. The last thing I want to do is put you into bondage. Now, I'll throw things out there, ideas out there. Concepts. Concepts out there that, you know, hey, maybe the Spirit might be leading you to do something like this. Right. You know, maybe you never thought about this before. You know, like right now there's a big trend to, you know, get pierced, tattoos, wear a bunch of makeup, wear different style of clothing that may not be appropriate. You know, we got liberty in Christ to do all those things if we wish. 
I just want to challenge people to go, okay, is really the Holy Spirit leading you to do these things? Or is it satanic forces trying to push all this stuff on agenda all on you? You have liberty in Christ. If you want to get a tattoo, you can. I, I, I just tell people it's probably not the best idea. I don't see Christ getting tats. <laughs> we're, you know, we're having all these piercings. I, I just don't see that. But you know, maybe you do. I mean, that, that's that's between you and God. I know. I'm, I'm just trying to throw an idea out there that, you know, we got liberty in Christ to do whatever we want. We just don't need to abuse that liberty, and we want to make sure that we're following the liberty of Christ right. like it should be, and not, not using it against the glory of God. You know, I'm reminded of that. So we, so because grace is there, shall we sin so grace can abound? Surely not. You know, no. the idea is that things that we're allowed or permission, they're perm, you have a little freedom to decide if it's something you want to do or if you should do it. It's also things in there that are great for self-control that help you to go, okay, I don't need to live like that. I don't need to have that a part of my life. Now, certain things actually help strengthen your spirit. So you kind of have to weigh whether or not it's good for you or if it's going to influence you to a way that isn't good for you. So there, that's kind of the thermometer, I guess, you could measure it by. We try to tend to kind of abstain from a lot of things because we see things in a, in a real kind of a black and white kind of thing. Maybe that's the way we were raised. I don't know. But we tend to look at things, well, that really has no benefit to it, so we're not even going to go in that direction. And that could be for some people who, um, you know, even a little hint of something could just be out of control for them. Like, you know, for, for an example would be drinking. Alcohol, you know, we yeah, don't drink one, right. at all. And for us, kombucha may be the only real strong drink we drink because <laughs> that's a fermented yep. drink. But the idea is some people don't worry about maybe a little bit of wine or beer or whatever. And to each his own. Now, the Bible just says to not drink and be drunk or, you know, yep. you know, to, to go too moderation, far with it in moderation. And there, a little wine is good for the stomach's sake, but that's kind of what we do, kombucha, for the gut. But the idea is you have to weigh whether or not that is a, an even a, um, a, an option for you that is going to benefit. It should be beneficial to your spirit and your whole body. Christianity isn't about a bunch of rules or right. following. And I don't want to be that way with this show and try to tell you, oh, this is, you have to believe the way I do. What I'm trying to get you to do is try to live according to your spirit mm. and not according to your flesh. Now, if you want to follow some of these holidays, I mean, I, even if you want to follow even Halloween, I, I'm not really a big Halloween follower myself just because I see the demonic forces in, in this in this holiday. Right. But, hey, if, if you feel like the spirit of God is somehow guiding you to do that, you know, that's up to you. You know, we have liberty in Christ. I'm just saying, we, you know, we don't want to abuse that liberty we want to use it, so let's try to use it for God's glory and try Amen. to make everything for God's glory, including Christmas. Right. You know, we understand all the abuses to this holiday that's happened over the, even in my, our lifetime. Yeah. Just in our lifetime alone, it's just, you know, the abuses, the materialism, the, I mean, the abuses of the holiday have, have really gotten to insurmountable places now. Well, it's overboard and a lot yeah. of things, you know. Maybe back in the day, there was a few people decorating their houses with lights or, you know, maybe, you know. But now it's like full just lighting, you know. People, the funny thing is, is people who don't celebrate Halloween, um, the moment Halloween is over, they start setting up Christmas stuff. <laughs> 
You know, have well, you noticed that? I mean, it's like, I want to get out of this terrible holiday and go into the next great holiday, which we overlook a lot is Thanksgiving. Right. The idea is uh, Christmas is kind of a, I would say, an important Christian holiday for a lot of people who celebrate it because they don't want to look like a pagan that they're only, um, you know, doing the um, societal kind of celebration things. It is, for some people, a way to recognize Christ and how he came into this world. We've all come into this world, some of us not in a stable. The idea, though, is people want to celebrate in that, the freedom to the way they want. Some people do go excessively. The shopping, the baking, the Christmas lights, the Christmas decorations, the Christmas parties, all that can just be overwhelming. And then you want, when people go through all that stuff, they're so exhausted. They don't even, you know, really enjoy. Well, it takes the focus off Christ. Exactly. And then on to all these other things that in, in the end don't really matter. And so we just want to keep the focus on Christ, Mm -hmm. on Jesus Christ. He's the reason why we are, we have a chance for eternal life. The reason why, what we're going for, what everything we're doing here, this whole show is really about him. We just got to keep focused on that. Let's let's go ahead and read the next one here because there's a lot of other liberties in Christ that gets abused during not just this holiday, but others. Go ahead and read Colossians 2. So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come. But the substance is of Christ. So again, if you keep Christ in your focus here, okay, you got liberty in Christ to do whatever you want to do, okay? We don't need to be judged if you want to follow certain holidays, if you don't want to follow. It's up to you. And I think a lot of people, you know, they're really big into following the holy days, which is great. But then what they do is they want to push that, that belief on other people and say, oh, if you don't do these things, then you're not really a believer, and this is kind of what was happening in Galatia with the idea that, oh, you got to get circumcised if you want to be a Christian scenario. And this is exactly the 21st century version of what was going on during Paul's day. And what I'm just trying to say is that here he says, let no one judge you concerning what you eat or drink. In other words, even what food you eat and what you drink, let no one, just as long as you're living according to the spirit of God, don't let anybody judge you based on those things. Obviously, there can be abuses that get involved, and that's what happens a lot of times. We'll end up abusing our liberty in Christ. Right. And so I always warn against that. Matter of fact, a lot of this show is really about, listen, I'm just going to throw out some things that Satan's trying to get everyone to stop doing. And maybe we should think about doing these things again because, you know, they are in our Bibles and they're good disciplines to do to help us keep us on track. And so this is what we're wanting to do. My goal is to keep everybody on track to getting to New Jerusalem, Mm. you know, to getting to New Earth, to to getting salvation. This is what I want everyone to have. And the only way we're going to do that is we got to keep on guard and keep on track. But there's satanic forces out there. We understand that. They want to get it. They want to divert everybody. Roadblocks. Even during the Christmas season, (laughs) get everybody diverted. Off anything, on anything that's really important to all the stuff that's not important at all. Christmas lights, Christmas decorations, Christmas cookies, and all these other things that don't matter. Santa Claus and the whole nine yards. Right. And we all understand all that, and it's easy to get caught up in those things. Well, I think indulging in things that are kind of reminiscent of the season and supporting of, you know, the Christmas carols. Some people love, and my kids, we love to sing Christmas carols, and you do it for other people who maybe can't get out of their homes. And we've done that before, and that's really blessed some families that we've done it for. The idea is the things that you do 
and the energy you put toward what you do really should be a benefit not only to you but to others. And sometimes you have Christmas parties and office parties. And of course, there's always going to be maybe some alcohol if it's an adult party. And there are some things that can kind of go overboard. There's a lot of free things, you know, that um, people indulge in around Christmas time and whatnot. And all of that, again, can be roadblocks and diversions to the real meaning of the season, which is looking at the Christ and, you know, his purpose and why we... Um, celebrate who he is. I think uh, for our family in particular, we like to celebrate people's birthdays. Yeah. It's, it's an important event for us. And maybe not the person who has the birthday. It's not as a big of a deal for them. But it's everyone wanting to look at that person and celebrate. You are a person that we love. And we want to celebrate your gift of life. And I think that's really... And there are a lot of families that do that. They actually make a Chris, uh, a birthday cake for Jesus to let the kids celebrate that Jesus was a real person. And and mm-hmm. I and the idea is just celebrating life. And as Christians and believers, we should celebrate life. Life is a gift, and Jesus' life was a special gift. Let's go ahead and read the next one here, Galatians chapter five, verse one. Go ahead and read that one. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Okay, see, this is again the idea that Christmas or any other holiday or anything else, if you want to do birthdays, if you don't want to do birthdays, you like to do holy days, you don't like to do holy days, you want to follow the Sabbath, you don't want to follow the Sabbath. We have a lot of liberty in Christ, folks. I'm just letting you know this because there's a lot of people out there that want to try to rob you of your liberty. And there's a lot of different ways to accomplish the same goals. And that is to get salvation and to make it through this life of deception that we're living in. And we just throw some things out there, some ideas that we're doing. Obviously, whatever works with your family. See, everyone's in a different situation. Everyone has different is in a different area of their life. Not everyone's. You can't. It's not cookie cutter. Everything's not cookie cutter. Right. And I'm not using that as, as um, you know because it's Christmas time. We have Christmas cookies. <laughs> I'm just saying that because that's not the way the Spirit of God works. Not everyone has to follow the same mold. Right. And some people, they they have more restraint in their life because they need it. You know, instead right. of having, um, a, oh, maybe I'll have a sip or two of a drink, you know, alcohol be- beverage. Somebody like they abstain completely and go far from the other side because they just know that that's not good for them. And they don't want to send any messages to other people, you know, or whatever it is. But personally, you make decisions based on how and the spirit inside of you is guiding you. And a lot of people, they are heavily influenced by their surroundings. So that's why a lot yeah. of people do what is, you know, in the societal norm. And, and you know, it's okay. It's a little acceptance there. But other people, some people, they like to just go on the kind of the higher end or the high road, so to speak, of staying away from things that are no good for them or their spirits. They feel a lot more strength and power in doing things that are not, that are they find more aligned in scripture that are not like practiced in our society. So um, there's certain things that people just feel really, the freedom they have is knowing that they're be, being more, maybe more, more um, stringent or strict to the scriptures. You know, I, I don't see a problem with that so much. If it's something that is good for them and beneficial to your own body and to your life, do it. Because that's, you know, that's that freedom. Some people don't want to have a whole lot of 
access um, permission to do things. They want to be a little more strict. It's just kind of how maybe you were raised or how you look at the scriptures. But I'm just grateful for how people live their lives to see the balance that people can have in that freedom. Well, we try to tell our kids the truth no matter what. Yeah. So that's why when it comes to Christmas... You know, we, we, we tell them oh, Santa Claus is fake. That just It's a distraction because the reason for it is, is Christmas is Christ. And Santa Claus is a satanic deception to get people off Christ. Uh, you know, we, we're really clear with our kids about this from day one. Well, the idea, you know? though, too, was that we didn't want to ever lie to our children about anything yeah. that was false and phony. And that you could go along with that as... Um, Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, the Tooth Fairy, any holiday or icon that goes with certain things that kind of parents kind of white lie it to their kids. And Even when it comes to sex, we tell our kids <laughs> everything there is about it. We don't, we're not ashamed of it. You know, it's all part of God's plan and system, but we have to be honest. And we try to tell our kids the honest truth about everything, no matter, even if it is uncomfortable, you know, topics like that. Well, the idea is if you are truthful to your children, to just teaching young people, that truth is something that will be beneficial to them and to you in the future. If you base your parenting or your relationships with people on lies, then that will come out in the end as well. And I didn't want... To base my our parenting, we didn't want to base it on a lie so that our kids could feel comfortable lying to us later on in life. Right now, as it is, our kids have been um, responsive to the truth, not only to how we're raising through holidays and whatnot, but the truth of God's word, the truth of, you know, and we go on to sex. We could talk about how um, we even teach them to abstain until they're married because that's right. really what we, yeah. we were taught, what we both were convicted of. And that's not taught necessarily in our society. But right, that's something right. that we've taught our children because we see the benefit in saving yourself for marriage for the successful commitment you're going to have with your spouse. Well, let's go ahead and read the last verse we're going to read here in First First um, Corinthians chapter ten, verses twenty three. Go ahead and read that one. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well being. Eat whatever is sold in the meat market, asking no questions for conscious sake. We've got liberty in Christ, but we get, we can't just use our liberty to just... we got to use our liberty wisely. Right. That's basically what he's saying. Not everyone... We have a lot of liberty in Christ to do a lot of things, but not everything is going to be beneficial for us to do. So we have to be sure that we're doing things that are going to be useful and beneficial to not just ourselves, but our family and those people around us. Well, and that's the whole point of living by the Spirit. It should be edifying to you and to others. It should right. be beneficial to you and to others. If you have to step on someone else's rights to get what you want, that's not living by the Spirit. Uh, think of others, right. okay, when we do everything. You know, I just, I'm just really disturbed by this movement of trying to, trying to cut back our liberties in Christ during this time of now that we're living in a really deceptive time, a day and age, that people want to just all of a sudden just squash our liberties in Christ. And I'm like, no, 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 this is a time where we make sure our liberty in Christ are in full mode because this is the only way we're going to get out of this mess that we're in and get people to start thinking a different way is we've got to start opening up to other possibilities. Right. And that's the reason what got me doing this show and everything else. It's like, I just realized I'm like, I think different, I act different, I make different decisions, 
And if it wasn't for me doing this and giving using the God-given liberties that he's given to us, I would have never been convicted to do anything like this. Or do not only this show, but just but my all my biblical research studying right. it and everything else because see not everyone relates to god the same way right some people love to worship god in singing you know i'm not a big singer that's not really my thing i look at people that you know it, there's a lot of churches they have their great bands i don't put people down for that because right. some people that's the way they relate to god right. is through music and that is what gets them in touch with the spirit side of them right not me some people, it's also prayer that does yes, that. Yes, they do. Yes. Some people, you know, they're prayer warriors. They love to sit there and pray. You know, that's not my way. I, I love studying God's word. <laughs> I, I get deep and dirty into the scriptures and do, with all my biblical research. And that's how I my relationship with God works. Well, okay? people also like to memorize scripture. Yeah. Put it on their heart and their mind and meditate on it. You know, there's many ways that you can use these spiritual strengths, I think, to help you worship the Lord, worship through studying worship through growing in your faith and you know not not that one is better than the other but the benefit that you've learned through studying the word of god is something you want to share with others and i think that here is that you're helping um it's a benefit to other people so you're putting other needs you know not just keeping these things to yourself you're sharing them because you want to edify the body of christ so i just want to just remind everybody Everybody relates to God in a different way, okay? God didn't have everyone relate to him exactly the same way. And so we need to understand that and be respectful of how other people get, it becomes very spiritual. You know, some people, like they say, in different ways people relate to God. Some people, they love to do holidays. That brings them closer to God. Other people, it's abstaining from that and doing other things brings them closer to God. And it just all depends on, of course, the environment, the society, the way things are in the area that you live and, and, and your circumstances and your environment that you live in. Right. It all depends on the situation. And this is why we it's, it's great that God gave us such liberty to do these things because not everyone is in the same location, has the same opportunities. They have the same, everyone has is different. Mm-hmm. And that's what's great about Christianity. And that's the reason why the old law system, the law of Moses it never worked right because it was too rigid and it didn't work for everyone. But now we have a new covenant. The new covenant is the one that Christ brought that is not so rigid. Right. That allows us to relate to God in the way that we can relate to God. And God has allowed us to relate to him. See in the old law, it was like, you got to follow all these rules. Right. And that's how everyone relates to God. When now it's kind of like, okay, no, we have liberty in Christ to do what we can but we have to do it in a wise way. Mm-hmm. We can't just abuse our liberties in Christ. Oh, well, I have liberty in Christ to do whatever, so I'm just going to do whatever I want. And then what we end up doing is just living according to our flesh constantly. Right. No, no. That's why I say, you know, we have liberty in Christ to eat or to not eat. And that's what we do. We, we suggest eat time at times, but also it's a good time to fast at times. Right. Same with drinking. It's okay to drink some alcohol if you want. As long as, you know, you don't overindulge and become a drunkard, of course, that one's not good. Right. That'll keep us out of the kingdom. And so it all depends on the situation of, of the individual and the people. Now, this is why I try to tell people, you have liberty in Christ to do whatever, but you don't want to abuse that liberty. Right. Okay. Just use, but not abuse. And, you know, make sure it's everything you do is for the glory of God. Amen. Because we're living in a very dark society right now. 
Okay, and we see how Christmas has kind of came, become now. It's becoming much darker now, every single year, it seems like, with more, more focus on Santa Claus, less focus on Christ, more focus on all these other things that's not Christian-like. But what we try to do in our household, and you just whatever works for you, is we just focus on the Christ side. We focus on singing Christmas carols in our household, and we just live according to God's Spirit. That's what we do. Well, you know, it's joy to the world. That's what his life was is for the whole world. It was not just for people at a certain place or wherever. To celebrate him is really the key. And how you do it, there's that freedom. But if it's um, overindulging, probably not the best thing for even eating too many Christmas cookies or you know right. too many presents or too many parties or um, too many, um, you know, whatever that it could be inserted in that thought. Or too busy yes. that we again, end up getting stressed out and we don't focus on Christ. Well, yeah, you're yeah. too tired because you've been doing all these other things. You don't have time to... The idea is, is focusing on what's really important really draws your heart to what's really important. And if you're putting the excess on the decorations or all these other things that are so important to you, then you're kind of missing the whole key to the holiday and a lot of people are like, oh, that's a bad holiday. It's pagan. I don't really want to do anything. Well, it has turned into something that is hard yeah. to recognize a celebration of life for Christ. The idea is we can all choose to turn it around and celebrate the life of Christ and say, no, I'm not going to have anything to do with anything to do with Santa Claus or with all of that stuff. I'm not going to have anything to do with the materialism, all of the yeah. materialism or, all you know, the, yeah, became the, so you know, even I, even the Christmas cooking and the baking. I mean, I do love a good nut bread and I do love um, giving you nice homemade bakery gifts and things. But the idea is there's a lot of toxicity in some of those ingredients, especially the Christmas all cookies right. and things. And people want to live um, healthier lives. They want to live less sugar in their diet, healthy things. So, I mean, maybe that's your thing, too. Maybe you're trying to turn your life around and live healthier. And, you know, you can still enjoy Christmas things without going overboard into the wrong direction. I think making Christ the focal point and wanting to celebrate who he is is really what the whole idea is. And not get right. dis distracted to all the other little things out there. We're living in Satan's little season, not only because it's biblical. But because it's the only thing that makes sense. Join or contact us at satanslowseason.org. This is a non-copyright Living in Satan's Little Season production.